0: Hello and welcome to the In the Cam podcast. Uh, welcome back. My name is Devin and I'm here with James, Tom, and a new member this week. Uh, I'm Chris. Uh, I just kind of occasionally sh- stroll in uh, when I'm awake at this time of the day. There's so. a hobo that we just found outside and we're like, hey, want to talk about movies? <laughs> Place to be warm. Uh, yeah, or awesome. cool in this case. Yeah. Or cool in this case. Yeah, it is summer. Now they know we're in the like, Northern Peninsula, or not Northern Hemisphere, that word. Wow, <laughs> the Northern <laughs> Peninsula. We're in the Southern Peninsula. You can figure that out if you're not from around right here. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> uh, Chris has been a friend of the show for the 20 or so weeks that you've been doing this. So, yep. figured we'd invite him on for an episode here or there. Yep. He's helped us. I, run it. I like movies, yep. and he's a longtime friend of me. I'm a, quite a long time friend of all of you. I'm a very long time friend of Tom. Yeah. Yeah, hey, we've all known you a yeah. few years, though. Twelve years or so for for me. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Cool. And we're old. Yeah. Yeah. Eighteen years. We're getting there. Oof. Uh, before we get too far into the the podcast today, I do want to make a quick correction from last week. Uh, last week, when we were talking about Crawl, I mentioned the director. Um, uh, Alexandria Aja was the director of the Evil Dead remake. That's not true. Um, the director of the Evil Dead remake is Fede Alvarez. And Alexandria Aja is the director of the movie High Tension, uh, as well as Horns and the Hills Have Eyes. Oh, so still actually a pretty decent pedigree. Oh, yeah. He's still an amazing director. Uh, I just wanted to make sure that um, we kind of cleared that up a little bit because. That's one that's been nagging in my head since I, I mentioned it last week. I'm like, I don't think that's quite true, but the, Sam Raimi is a producer on Crawl, and they've been kind of tying the two together because of Sam Raimi and of Fede Alvarez. Ah. So, uh, but yeah, uh, Alexandre Aja, the director of Crawl, directed High Tension, Horns, and The Hills of Ice. I actually really, really liked um, High Tension and Horns. The Hills of Ice was just okay. Horns is a movie that I wanted to see, but I've never gotten around to. That was, the, January, right? Rad- yeah, yeah. that was the yeah Radcliffe. based on Stephen King's son's book, well, the same name. It's a little bizarre. It's a little bit, <laughs> but it's oh, I mean, it's a lot bizarre. But it's a it's actually a good. It's bizarre because I remember seeing the trail and say, "Why is Harry Potter have a, have an American accent?" That's not right. <laughs> oh yeah, and and horns. <laughs> That's secondary though. Yeah, but I I actually really liked horns. Yeah, it was good. Um. Moving from there, uh, what did everyone see this week? James? I have not seen anything, and except for I except for Crawl, which came out the week before, or did it come this out this week? Last week, last week, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head that I actually wanted to see. All right, Dom. Uh, uh, while I did not get to the theater this week because of reasons, I did end up watching John Carter. For like the 19th time, all right, yeah. Do you watch any other movies with anybody that's not here? Uh, oh, yes, and I watched uh Euro Trip with Jenny. Cool. Jenny will be back next week, hopefully, and she'll give her a rundown of what she thought about Euro Trip. Yeah, um, I, well, I watched those other than that, I just watched you know some TV shows, so oh, getting caught good? up. House of Cards, which I've never finished but gotten halfway through, so I kind of restarted it, and about Two days' time I've gotten through about three seasons. Cool. So Chris? Uh so I have watched and re and rewatched the extended version of the third Lord of the Rings movie. Because I'm too <laughs> lazy to change the DVD in my DVD player. Hey, background uh, uh, noise. <laughs> I understand. Um I haven't watched any new movies. I uh, started watching the 100, and that show's uh, pretty good. That's yeah, really about it, you know. Great. Great group of people to talk about movement. Oh yeah, we did you see the, this week. The only <laughs> i was. I did get around to walking Stuber. It was fine. It, it, there was I had some issues with it, just kind of comedic pacing and that kind of stuff. But and not a big surprise. Overall, no. It was fun. I enjoyed um, Dave Bautista and when Camille Nanjiani like calmed down a little bit, I enjoyed him. But when he was like manic, that got a little much. But I still enjoyed it. Um, I also. I mentioned when we did the detective list that I hadn't watched The Absent One, the uh, second Department Q movie. I did get around to watching that. There's a tough movie to watch. It was phenomenal, but very dark subject matter. Um, I also watched a movie on Netflix. I just randomly chose one called The Endless. Uh, It's about two guys that escaped a UFO death death cult. (laughs) Uh, Just wait. That's the beginning. That's the same part. They then want to the younger brother wants to go back to the cult to, like, visit and see everybody. They go back ten years later. Everyone looks the exact same. And the older brother notices this, but the younger brother is like, oh, no, that, that's how I remember them, and doesn't really connect it. And it very quickly becomes, like, weird time... Like, weird, like, little pockets of time loops going on, and... It it just and gets really, really weird near the end of the movie and it has some like Cthulhu vibes to it, that kind of HP Lovecrafts type type feeling to it. So it was good. It was just the acting was pretty bad, but it was surprisingly well made for as low a budget as it is. So hmm. okay. it was a low budget sci fi horror film? Yeah. With bad acting. Yeah. Shocked. I know. <laughs> Color um, me yeah. something. Then, speaking of uh, horror movies, I did watch Maniac, coincidentally directed by Alexander Aja, starring Elijah Wood as a serial killer, which is actually really intense. Really He's good. done that it really before. Oh, that movie was disturbing. Sin City. Uh, it's kind of like that, but if he he scalps people and tortures them. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah. nothing like Sin City. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that movie was it was good. It was just. I was twisted. You've you watched a lot of hard to watch movies this week, did? Yeah, and then I also watched this the limited series on Netflix called Maniac. Same name, completely different one. Jonah Hill and Emma Stone. There's drugs involved and mind trips. That's all I'm really in. They play about. Bonnie and Clyde, but if they were actually okay. serial killers instead of bank robbers, all that they rob a fur store. So that's the thing. It's a, <laughs> it was a really good show. It's just it's really weird. So. But yeah, I, I just crammed a whole bunch of movies. I rewatched a movie that I'll be talking about later. So, uh, yeah. From there, we need to jump into trailers. And that's the big thing this week is trailers and the San Diego Comic-Con. couple reveals came out. And yeah. So we'll get to those. First off, who has watched the Cats trailer? <laughs> I wanted to shoot myself once I found that one. Once I heard about that. Nope. Nope. Okay, I well, haven't really saved that. So I really, to be honest with you, I haven't seen really anything that's coming out of San Diego Comic Con, other than the fact that anything that's put well. out there by Mark Hamill in his uh, tweets, because I follow him on Twitter. Chris, you raised your hand. What did you think of that uh, Cats trailer? I feel violated. Um, okay. no, uh, uh, spiritual. Not free. Got it. <clears throat> so the problem is. I, the only reason I watch it is because a friend of mine uh, uh, came into my work and said, "Dude, you you, you got to see this trailer." It's it's. I I don't know what to think, and yeah. I I still don't know what to think. I I'm not a fan. I I never saw the 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 musical, the actual stage oh, show. This is this is based off of the musical. S- S- yes. T.S. Eliot. Cast. Okay, so I've seen this when I was a kid. First too. stage thing that I'd ever seen. Oh, you poor, poor boy! Well, no, like, well, no. It's it, from everything it, I've heard, it's a great stage it's show. It's great stage show. Yeah, great music. The makeup on the stage show is great, but they decided to go digital. It's imagine if you would a CG Thundercat, but it's but it's funded by a studio out of Russia. So it sounds like a very bad version of Cat in the Hat meets Android. Cat in the Hat was makeup. This is that digitally. It, oh God. And And somehow looking worse. There are shots in the trailer where the face dislodges slightly from the digital. Oh, sweet Christmas. And it moves around independently slightly. Jiminy Christmas. (laughs) Oh, sweet Christmas. The one thing I never noticed in the stage play is the scale. I didn't realize that they were cat size until this trailer. And I like that. I thought that was cool. And I thought Judy Dench looked good. But then as they started showing the cast, and it's like, they got to uh, Rebel Wilson, I believe it is. What? And what they have the long, play? fat Amy cat. <laughs> um, <laughs> they got to her part, and the CGI and, like, the awkwardness of the scene is just terrible. Rebel Wilson is Jenny Antidots. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's uh, It could be good. I don't know. <laughs> Looking at the cast, it's a, it's a high-quality director, right? I believe the director, Neil Marshall, I believe? Tom Hooper. Tom Hooper. Tom Hooper. 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 So, sorry. Uh, Neil Marshall's the other one that does Broadway. Uh, Tom Hooper did Les Miserables. Good director. Not really sure what they're doing with this movie. I, can't be, I don't think they know what they're doing with the movie. But, like, Tom, I don't know. I, I, I'm showing you a picture. That's that's oh, what they yeah. look like. It's just... Yeah, it's... If you're gonna if you're gonna do it, right, pick one of two options. They're either humans in cat makeup or they're cats that talk. Why do they have to be CGI humanoid cats? So That's what's weird. For the know, why, why they're the gonna anthropomorphism, make the I'm like we not even gonna make the joke. I'm curious to see ah uh, yeah. Uh, I'm curious to see <laughs> how it is like in the context of the actual movie. Because a trailer's one thing, but in the context of the actual movie, if it works, it works. Sure, and I'll give it a shot. I do really love the music from the show, so I'll go for that. The director has done solid work, and the cast is really, really decent. <laughs> so, is that well, what you expect there's to no like big stars in it? There's, I know Taylor Swift has a small role, and uh, James Corden has a small role, and yeah. Idris like, Idris Elba's one Idris of Idris Elba yes. in anything he's in. Golden, but still. I mean, yeah. Black oh, yeah. When you when you bring up uh, a great director, you're you're not kidding. I mean, this is Les uh the King's Speech. He's a phenomenal uh, like, director. Uh, he's directing the Danish episode, Yeah, the, the, the Danish show. directing multiple episodes of uh, His Dark material. So, like, this is a guy who's got award. He's got He's a straight He's wow. got pedigree. He also did John Adams for HBO. Wow. Yeah. He is a great director, and I'm this. This doesn't look like the same director as something like Lamanzara. It just it seems like there there's a disconnect, and it might just be that it's early, early animation. I think early that, access, like kind of like the uh, the Sonic trailer. That's oh, really? not what Sonic's going to end up looking like. And there's been other ones that they've done. Early animations, then they polished it like Marvel is Legendary. we'll get to Marvel here in a second. Don't worry. But Marvel is notorious for temp and then ultimately what's in the actual movies different. So yeah, temp in trailers, which doesn't work. Depends. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. King Kong had a lot of temp stuff and nobody noticed uh, the uh, Peter Jackson King Kong. Yeah. But yeah, the, that trailer was like the big one this week. Everything okay there, Tom? Wow, sorry, I'm just looking at some of the images from this, and yeah. wow. That just they did not put their best foot forward. Cringeworthy. Just, uh, the, just cringeworthy. I have no doubt that it'll be, like, when you close your eyes, it'll be good. <laughs> Don't look at it. And I think, like, certain things will be good about the movie, but if your main characters don't work, that's a problem. So. Yeah. But moving on from Cats, let's jump into San Diego Comic-Con, because they did drop that on the, fir- the drop the trailer on the first day. Coincidentally, the first day of the It Chapter 2 uh, final trailer. Looks good. Looks solid. Uh, we finally get to see who's playing who. And it looks solid. I like it. Not a whole lot else to say about It Chapter 2. I didn't even see the first one. It was great. I, um, I, I I hear nothing but praise from you. I I loved it, the remake. I have not seen it, dude. You gotta see it, man. I really it that I've seen was a TV version. This is so much better. I have seen it. What do you think? It's good. It's just not my cup of tea. Right. I don't like horror movies, and that's um, yeah. but it's it's terrifying. <laughs> like it hits, manages to do that. Yeah. It hits what's supposed like, to. I was not I was not in a happy place. So there was a couple moments where I did this. Uh that's putting my hand over my eyes. So I realize people can't see us. I'm like, uh no, I don't want to watch this. Um which I do at scary moments at movies as a 34-year-old man. <sighs> I, I know there's going to be a few in this one. The stuff in In the trailer there's a scene in a funhouse where Pennywise is messing with uh, James McAvoy's Bill Denbro and a young kid and they get separated and Pennywise is on the other side of this. The kid gets trapped between two glass panes. Oh no. And Bill Denbro's on one side and Pennywise is on the other, messing with the kid. I'm like, oh, that kid is so screwed. <laughs> and That's gonna cost all the therapy. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the kid's making it out of that scene. All the therapy. Pennywise doesn't pull his punches. So, it's, <laughs> yeah, that uh, <laughs> has no So, I'm looking forward to that quite a bit. I, I love the book, so. The other kind of big one that came out uh, Thursday, Friday is Top Gun, the Top Gun 2, uh, Top Gun Maverick got a trailer. So excited. I, I have to see this. Top Gun 2, Top Gunner. It looks fine. Uh, well, I've been excited since I heard the project was actually going forward. I know that the original, originally they, for life of me, I'm blaming you on the director for the movie originally. It's like Tony Scott, I think. I think so, yeah. It is Tony Scott. Uh, he originally wanted to work on it, and I know Tom Cruise originally wanted to work on it, but for whatever reason, they couldn't get funding or the project off the ground for whatever reasons, and it never came into being. But now, unfortunately, Tony Scott is not with us any so longer. Then, Tony Scott die. So, but <laughs> they've been able to get it going again, and they've brought back Val Kilmer, and they've brought back Tom Cruise, and they're I'm pretty going, sure Tom Cruise also learned how to fly a plane, because some of the shots in the trailer, I'm like, I'm not sure how they did that. They could uh, have digitaled it, but right, he takes off from an aircraft carrier, and I'm like, that's to be cool fair this out. is a man who puts himself in danger he, he jumped for like 30 times for the, I mean of the last time. to be fair though yeah. when they did the original movie for Top Gun they actually used naval pilots I think it was the Thundercats Thunderbird Thunderbirds why am I thinking that sorry <laughs> the Thunderbirds I think uh it was either them or blue Angels one of the two okay. as the pilots and they had to do everything within a certain amount of shots. And they only had so many actual, like, rounds of actual ammo that they could use, everything. So everything we see is them doing their real thing and with real pilots doing their thing. It's not CG, it's real footage. And that's the reason it has such more so much more of an impact. Right, and if they're doing the same type of thing, like, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, but the fact that this time he's back at Top Gun school, he's an instructor, and... Goose's kid is getting back involved. Super excited about that idea. To me, it's also I wish they would do it just something different. Like just it just feels like Top Gun again. And I I also feel like we just saw Top Gun in uh, Captain Marvel, but there were a lot of touches there. If we get Top Gun again. As long as it has that sweet Kenny Loggins soundtrack. If there's no Kenny Loggins in the soundtrack, I'm going to ask, why bother? Um, How do I know that I'm going to the danger zone? Exactly. There was a volleyball scene in the trailer. You know, so that's back. Does everyone love that in the (laughs) original? (laughs) Wait, hold on. I I love that original. Val Kilmer is back down to... Fighting fit status because I'm not. Know. We'll see. Gonna just, there's going to be jiggle physics. <laughs> he didn't say a volleyball scene with Val Kilmer. He just said a, volleyball, just a scene. volleyball scene. yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> Turns out Val Kilmer is the volleyball. <laughs> the yeah. inflated volleyball. Going off of Top Gun, uh, there were various trailers. You know, a whole bunch of TV shows and stuff got trailers. Mm-hmm. We're not going to really talk about it. You mentioned. Golden Compass, his dark material, is Dark Materials. I got a new trailer. Looks cool. Uh, the big one, the thing that won Comic Con. Everyone's gushing over. Is Marvel. To the surprise of no one. To the surprise of I was absolutely say no one. Marvel won Comic Con. It's amazing. It's like they make <laughs> comics. It's like how can they not? So I'm going to go down the list of what they have. Uh, first off, the first thing in this is Phase Four. Uh, most of these take place after Endgame. Not all of them. First up is Black Widow uh, in on May 1st next year. Prequel. Cool. Takes place between Civil War and Infinity War. Interesting. She is going back to Budapest. Ooh. So we get dual storyline of Budapest. The storyline between Hawkeye and her in oh. Budapest. It's like Budapest all over. And then. Taskmaster fighting her in Budapest. So we, like, we get modern Budapest and we also get to see the uh, the, uh, that mission that went wrong as, or so? Yeah. Which I kind of like. Yeah, I'm, I'm super down with that, especially seeing Taskmaster and knowing the fact that Taskmaster was able to mimic like everybody's stuff and knew exactly what they were going to do when they were he's going a, to do he's it. He's a melee fighter's worst nightmare. Melee and he could also do bow and arrow like Hawkeye yeah, and guns a, like he's, just, uh, a, he's just a nightmare. The only person it. that he couldn't fight that he couldn't do that against was Deadpool and it's because Deadpool's insane. Yeah. So I'm, I'm no, he can't do it that. against anybody who's insane because Moon Knight as well, but regardless, right? Yeah, We're right. getting out of movies, yeah. but yeah. With Moon Knight... I'm definitely curious... Maybe. I would love him to be in a movie, but, you know, just saying... I'm very curious as to how they're going to implement the flashback things, because I can think how that could go really wrong really fast, but I'm more than willing to trust them. I have faith in... Uh, I definitely have faith in Marvel that they're not going to bumble that. No, and that's just that's what I just said. It's like, I, I, I will definitely trust them enough to see how they're going to implement it, because the, the whole... Basically, two lines, no waiting. You're going to get two complete stories. You don't have to wait between any of them. All right. uh, the next one, we've been hearing kind of stories about this. It's called The Eternals. I can't wait for this. It stars Richard Madden, Rob Stark, for those that watch Game of Thrones, as Icarus, uh, Kamal Nanjiani as Kingo, Lauren Ridloff as Mikari, Brian Tyree Henry as Faustos, Salma Hayek as Ajax. Leah McHugh as Sprite, Don Lee as Gilgamesh, and Angelina Jolie as Athena. Ooh. This is coming November next year. And I can honestly say I got no clue what any of these people are. I do not know the Eternals at all. Uh, the Eternals were created by basically almighty gods. Okay, so science test tube babies, got it. They are equivalent of mo- or, uh, polytheistic gods. Polytheistic gods. Right. So you've encountered some eternals in the MCU so far. Yeah. Ego and Grandmaster and the Collector. Yeah, the Collector and Grandmaster are eternals. They're the only ones you've encountered. Um the Ego was changed to a living planet. Right. Uh, they but, were the level above, they were the ones that created the Eternals. So they're the celestials. Those are celestials. That, that was okay. Them. So <clears throat> yeah, the Eternals would be like above essentially above Thor and Thanos and Beale. what do we, we think He's of watching. as actual gods yeah. um what makes me really interested about this is your statement you have no idea who these characters are correct most people had no idea who the Guardians oh, of the Galaxy right. were and look what they did with that that is a very good right? point. That's so why I'm not saying hey, they, get ready for this slate. There's a lot of stuff they're drawing from this, this yeah. coming rotation. Well, no, then they should because... Now they're getting nothing they get weird because everyone's willing to trust them on that. Well, I have no idea what the Eternals are. Sorry. Nope. I have no idea what the Eternals are about, but I'm curious. I'm willing to give it a chance because I've got nothing but, at the very least, decent storylines from Marvel. Yeah. And while Marvel has then tended to do well with... uh sequels and multiple movie series, except Iron Man, uh Rip. They it's nice to see new fresh stuff too. I they shine really the fresh stuff. I really don't didn't want phase four to be here's Black Panther two and here's Captain Marvel two and here's you know Spider Man Spider Man two. No and I know, but it's good that it's not just a bunch of C you No, know, there's a couple confirmations uh of we'll get interesting stuff. We'll get mm-hmm. to them. Uh, there are it's gaps really in August that most likely are the others, like, for example, Spider-Man, Black Panther, Captain Marvel. I mean, they're coming. Everyone knows that. And but they, they wanna... kind of have these little gaps that could be August where, like, Ant-Man is dropped and that kind of stuff. But I like I like what Chris, like, what Chris said, is that they're putting front and center the new stuff. Yeah, The weird stuff. Like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Nobody heard of them before it. And Doctor Strange, we'll get to that again in a second. But Doctor Strange, nobody heard of him before the first one. Black Panther was far from an A-lister when the movie came yeah. out. To he is fair. now, yeah. to be fair. Yeah. Iron Man was far from an A-lister when they when they pitched that initially. Exactly, he was like C or D list. Yeah, and now he's one he's of the, the top of Marvel. Yeah, him he's, and Captain America are the two faces. They're 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 both in the top five in comic book sales. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Deadpool is the king of that because. Yeah, people claim they identify with that. I don't get people me wrong. If you identify with Deadpool, that's fine. You're crazy. Yeah. Um, but that's because you identify with a crazy person. Yeah. Uh, the next up is actually a series on Disney Plus, uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's on, uh, it takes place after Endgame. Okay. Oh, uh, and uh, that's starring. Star Sebastian Andy. Stan and Anthony Mackie, right? Yep. Sebastian okay, cool. Stan, Anthony Mackie, and Baron Zemo's back. Ooh. Civil War. Uh, I can actually play uh, by Daniel Brule. Yeah, but wearing the hood, that was, oh, really? wearing the Baron Zemo okay. hood. Like I'm totally down for that because when we saw the whole story arc and starting to evolve him, mm-hmm. and then it was just so short and stunted. I felt like there was a missed opportunity there. But hearing that they're going to be using that for the TV show, I. I feel like that's an amazing thing to be coming from them. He was and put I'm on hold; t- he wasn't forgotten, <laughs> right? And now that they're revisiting that story arc, I'm super excited now for this. Before this, I was kind of excited for the for the TV show, but now I'm even more excited knowing this. So. Yeah, because they're actually continuing something that that was established. But didn't go as far as it could have. Yeah. and We will be getting into other storylines just like that here in a second. All right, so let's cool. continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, that is coming uh, fall next year. Right around the same time as uh, Eternals. Okay. The next one is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Ah, I'm totally various on this one. Because totally uh, they just cast on Tuesday a guy named Simo Lu. Or Simu Liu, S-I-M-U. I I have not seen him in any movies. I have no idea who this guy is. Interested. But the big thing, they also casted Aquafina, which is cool. I like her. She's cool. And Tony Leung, one of the top Chinese actors, as the Mandarin. The actual Mandarin, not Ben Kingsley's Mandarin. So they're they're going hardcore into the other Forbidden Cities. They're going hardcore into Mystic Wushu. And I love it. This... So... Uh, Shang-Chi is actually a movie, right? Yep. Not a series. Yeah. Coming in February this 2021. This intrigues me. Because, modernly, they're the Defenders. But the the Marvel-Netflix series were the heroes for hire, originally the comic books. Yep. Of which Shang-Chi was a member. So it interests me, are they going to bring... Iron Fist and I would be power man and all those characters into the actual cuz they're connected but into the actual MCU. Yeah. I would love to see like Danny Rand from Mar- or from the Netflix series deal with someone like Shang-Chi and cuz like Shang-Chi can beat the crap out of him <laughs> cuz Shang-Chi ultimately is martial arts wise a power above Iron Fist. Iron Fist is just stronger. Mhm. Yes. Shang-Chi is faster. Yes. Yeah. So. Well, and, and and the cool thing is that they're both heroes, and they both yeah. fight together, and they actually have some of the best late '80s, early '90s Marvel storylines. Mm-hmm. So it makes me really excited to see what they do there. I'm also just I'm also just want some something that's everything I heard about the the Iron Fist TV show made me sad because I was very much interested in how it was going to go. So I'm curious to see it on the big screen and hopefully actually have good action. Yeah, the one other thing that's really interesting to me is that the the Eternals movie has a female director named Chloe Zhao. First time any I believe first time any of the the Marvel movies are solo directed by a female, possibly also an Asian. And then uh, Shang Chi is directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, another another uh, Chinese. So all of a sudden, like we have two right in a row, like very unique picks for director. I'm glad. Yeah. Well, it makes me happy that, and uh, it, it makes me happy that a martial arts, Asian-inspired movie is being directed by an Asian director. Because yeah. you can here. get kind of more of the, uh, yeah, just odds are that they they pick the director because the director knows what they're doing. Yeah. Like that's the assumption. The original director they went for is Ang Lee, who did Corruption Tiger. Which would have been a fine choice yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Also yeah. did Hulk, but you know, don't hold that against That's right. a that's a whole other thing though. Well know, it, it's basically they're they're going closer to Jackie Chan directing it versus mm-hmm. a versus a Michael Bay. And yeah. you know what? That's a step in the better direction. Yep. Moving on, we have WandaVision, uh <clears throat> Wanda Maximoff and Vision. Their TV show. Set after Endgame. Also gonna have a grown up uh, a woman named Tayona Paris who's playing a grown-up monica rambeau from okay totally marvel totally cool yeah i can dig it so it's what happens after endgame for scarlet witch and vision i'm Interesting. so they're gonna rebuild sh- vision how surprising i'm kind of I'm, I'm very so much mad it's a tv show it's a, a limited tv show just like uh the Falcon and Winter Soldier. So I'm, I'm more curious. interested in that and even then I'm still kind of okay. I'll but, watch it spring. because I have Hulu, which means when Disney Plus comes out and they say, Hey, yeah, Hulu doesn't exist, but It's all Disney Plus now Disney yeah. Plus. Yeah. I'm also intrigued because of the simple fact that I have always been intrigued with Scarlet Witch's character. I think that there was more to tell than the little bit that we've gotten. She'll so, come up again in another movie really quick here.
1: Alright, so what's Yeah. It's also that.
0: Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's good. Uh, totally anyway, WandaVision comes out in spring of 2021. WandaVision. The next one that also comes out in spring of 2021, another TV show, is Loki. Super exciting. Following, uh, for those of you who haven't watched Endgame, you can leave now what's wrong with you? a few minutes. Okay, good enough. We're past the, the yeah. six month, no spoilers. That's it's the highest grossing movie of all time. Congrats, Avengers. Anyway, Loki... Follows the Loki that stole the Tesseract. Yep, from 2012 when he peaced yep. out. Before he had his redemption arc. So this is pissed off evil Loki it, it with is, the Tesseract. It is the, it is the Loki that is pissed off at Asgard and has just gotten his ass whooped by the Avengers. Yep. Not in a good place mentally. And those two, WandaVision and Loki, lead into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah! Oh, so I'm actually going to want to look at the quick quick notes, if nothing else. So the thing is, Doctor Strange Two: The Multiverse of Madness stars Benedict Cumberbatch, not surprising, and and Elizabeth Olsen. Interesting. The Wizard and the Warlock. So. <laughs> the Witch of the Warlock. Witch of the Warlock. Yeah. This is this is actually like literally now we're actually getting into multiverses because. Yeah, Spider-Man, Spider-Man: Far From Home was getting into multiverse. Yeah, it teased, yeah, quote, quote, it, it teased, but it never, right? Yeah. Because, because Quentin Beck's a liar. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't um see that was coming out. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it's really, it's, it's kind of exciting. to, God, we're getting into like really getting into the multiverse concepts with stuff. the best people to do it. Honestly, Doctor Strange. Doctor Trains is the ideal character. If they're, gonna put, if they're gonna put anybody else with them, Scarlet Witch makes Sounds come. like Scarlet Witch House of M's. In. For those of you who don't know House of M, she Yeah. She gets pissed and just does something ridiculously powerful. Because she can do that. Yes. Yeah. Sounds sounds a lot of people like so does basically that. She, sounds like she does that in Wanda Vision. Which leads and the that bleeds into uh, Doctor Strange. Well, well, maybe, maybe we get a secondary kind of snap from one of the most powerful people in the Marvel universe. Well, to be fair though, Disney has said about their Disney Plus service going forward that all of the TV shows and all of the movies regarding the Marvel MCU are going to have an impact on each other. One will have to deal with the other and there isn't going to be a division like there has been in the past. Yeah. It's going to all be connected. good, According to director Scott Derrickson, and kevin feige all hail kevin feige yeah, this is Master. the first horror movie to come out of marvel and you know what once yeah. again once again the best person to do it because yeah. i won't lie there's a couple points in dr strange that were like horror yeah. level it also sounds like the uh the villain in this is nightmare for those of you who know the comic Nice. No, like, I'm um, wondering if they're gonna do anything with uh with the teaser with the stinger that they had at the end of Doctor Strange. Mordo, I wanna say his name was or Morto? Carl, Carl um, Mordo, yeah, yeah. I I'm sure is you I, for. Uh, great actor. I love oh, him yeah. in strange, um, but I it's like you I'm set right. that up and it's like, okay, when is this gonna happen? Great funny name, great actor. So That's very difficult to pronounce it. So chances are if it follows the typical thing that we've seen before, he's going to reappear in Strange three because that has a tendency of skipping two, going to three, and the internet connected storyline. Something happens that in two, which kind of leads to what's going on in three, which gives us the deeper plot for why that bad guy's doing their things. Maybe Uh, I'll honestly, that's been in the back of my head since since hearing about the strange sequel, right? And I've been looking forward to seeing that too because I really like that. Dynamic that, that trade-off between Mordo and Strange. So, so I'm I'm definitely curious that it's going to it's explicitly being sold as the first horror. So, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Multiverse of Madness is May seventh, two thousand twenty-one. Most likely will come out a week earlier because that's what they do. You uh, you said Scott Derrickson's also directing that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Scott Derrickson Derrickson directed the first yes. Doctor Strange. Oh, he did a great few, job. Few pretty good pretty good horror movies, I think. Not, maybe not Conjuring, but something kind of at that level. Alright. Moving into the next one, it's actually an animated series. A little different and interesting. This one might won't affect anything. This is the What If series. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like the What If... What If uh, Thanos won, What If... Basically blowing, yeah. basically blowing off steam. I, I the, the way the comic worked is that they had a bunch of these ideas... That they just were like, well, what if we... What if, you know, Captain America won the Civil War? What if, you know, this and all the different, you know, things that happened? But, but Devin, um, Devin, don't forget. They're introducing this right after the multiverse has opened up. So, obviously, it's going to have an impact in some... I don't know. uh, This one they've said doesn't affect it. Um, They've said a lot of shit that turns out to be true. You might get touches of it in various things. Like, something like multiverse I could see jumping into it, but... The fact that it's animated, the fact that Jeffrey Wright, who plays Felix Leiter, um, is the voice of the Watcher, who's kind of the Rod Serling type. Yeah, he's our our what I've got. Yeah, uh, they'll be doing that. That's coming out sometime summer 2021. I do kind of like that. If if they are true to that word, if they're just having fun with this. Yeah. blow off steam and you don't have to care too much about it. Yeah, it sounds nice. like it's kind of a. Here's a bunch of other storylines that we're not doing. You know, cool. Thanks. Scott Derrickson directed. Sinister was Sinister. Directed, and the of the are similar. Sinister, Insidious uh, they all Yeah, yeah, fun. they're all kind of the same. But yeah, sorry, I, I just wanted to throw that. I out. was gonna bug you. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, I, I know it knows. wasn't Conjuring. I think I, well, I think Conjuring's the a pretty. I think that's like uh, James Wan. The next one is Hawkeye, which follows Hawkeye, or oh. also Ronin uh, after the events of Endgame. Where he starts passing the mantle on to a young Kate Bishop. Nice, so they are using okay. Kate Bishop instead of using daughter. his daughter. Yeah. Good, good, yeah. good. Stay true to the comic books, please. Thank you. Uh, and for those of you who like Matt Fractions stuff, uh, it is very obviously inspired by that. Cool. Uh, that's fall of 2021. Uh, and then the final one, uh, most the biggest kind of reveal that they had, other than just everything here, was Thor Love and Thunder, aka Thor 4. That title font makes me think of Conan the Barbarian. I swear to God. You know what that title font makes me think? It makes me think, Taika Waititi is directing this movie because it's got that the thing is, the, the funky feel. Yeah, I don't care in, I don't care who's in this movie. It's directed by Taika Waititi, and I'm like, I am in. I enjoyed Ragnarok so I, much. The entire it way through. It makes me sad that they didn't just call it Thor Four because Thor <laughs> is just fun to say. Or just have, or <laughs> or even better, call it Four Thor. Thor. See the thing that F O R Thor. It sounds cool to me. Is that Natalie Portman is officially returning? And I'm like, cool. Uh, I wasn't a huge James okay. Foster fan. But the fact that she is becoming Lady Thor. Really? They had, in the, like, announcement, she lifted Mjolnir. Oh! oh. And Taika Waititi, like, said, you're new Thor. And it's like, what? <laughs> what are so they're going down that route. Right, right yeah, they're route. going down Jane Foster as Thor. To be route. fair, in, I can't remember which comics here, which, like, string of comics, Thor wasn't actually a person. It was a mantle that was held by Jimmy Olsen. Orbus. uh no no no, no that, that would also. be confusing no that's, yeah, that's fdc yeah. you're right there's a version of thor i don't remember the character's name but there's a no, version of it. thor yeah where thor is the uh a man lifts a hammer he's worthy he becomes Thor. yeah there's also the ultimate's thor which is what the mcu was all based off of yep. um who is thor he's always thor he was born uh, thor. he yes um, but it also had a, I think it ran for about two years comic book series with a female Thor, yeah, who yeah. was Jane Foster. Yeah, so yeah. It's revealed to be Jane Foster. And it makes Ooh. perfect sense yeah. I just that hope, they would do that in this movie. I just hope that with this one, they don't end up going around the same lines that when she's not in her Thor, Thor out version she's that she's dying, dying of cancer. And... Becoming Thor when she picks up the hammer, re- removes the chemotherapy. That's a, I could see Natalie Portman pulling that off. She's a good actress. I could see her pulling that off. I don't think Taika Waititi's going that direction. Donald Blake. That was the. That was the. Okay. Uh, uh, it would be. Student. It would be really nice, uh, if, like, if we're doing this and we have a, we have, obviously, Chris Hemsworth. Thor is going to be in the top. Yep. Chris Hemsworth, uh Taika Waititi, T D. Um and it would be the nice was there as well. If we're getting the original Thor and we're getting the Jane Foster female Thor. It'd be cool. Be- Beta Ray Bill and Thunderstrike, please. Yeah. Please. But but Thunderstrike would be nice book. Beta Ray Bill, please. I just want to see Sith again. What happened to her? <laughs> I don't know. They, uh, she they said, said that Korg is returning, and that's about it. Because Zip, of course Korg. Sif disappeared and the what was Warriors, her, Three. The Warriors yeah. 3 all died. Oh, I know that. I know yeah. the Warriors 3 all died. Where'd Sif go? The Void? Pretty much. The other... So that's like the big announcements that they made. Kevin Feige also said, yes, uh, Spider-Man 3 is, is going to be coming out. Uh, Captain Marvel 2, Black Panther 2, but we all we know that. All we know that from we know, We've known that. But then they kind of had this weird, awkward moment where Mahershala Ali uh, from Moonlight, from Battle, Alita Battle Angel, and Green Book walked out on stage and then announced, I am playing Blade. <laughs> Wait. What? Mahershala Ali from, like, Green Book? Yeah. He is playing Blade. Sorry for clapping, but super excited about that. He's in mad. Phase 5. He's not in phase four. That's fine. These I are can, the, the, the movies and TV shows from phase four only. I can but I can wait. I'm yeah. excited that they're rebooting Blade and giving us something other than Wesley Snipes. Not to not to say that I didn't like the first Blade movie. Look, let's be honest, if we're comparing Wesley Snipes to Oscar winning Mahershala Ali, there is no comparison. <laughs> I'm definitely right. curious on his take. Yeah. It will be it will be a, um He's going to be smooth. He's gonna be like can we note the fact that if the Netflix series are connected to the MCU, the casting of Marshallah Ali as Blade, while he already played Carnell Stokes Uh Cottonmouth? Yeah, yeah. Cottonmouth. Oh yeah. In in Luke Cage, he is a joke. little odd. Uh, we <laughs> made a joke about that in a... in the um in an interview afterwards. Okay. And the Netflix series are take place in the world, but they've kind of established like the the casting in there doesn't reflect because the woman from the first season of Luke Cage was the one that told Tony Stark, "This is my boy." Yes, and yes, form. yeah, yeah. So, I saw a video about that. Yeah, so there's all these connections kind of between them. They are two kind of separate things. I yeah. do I do like how the okay. stuff going forward does seem willing to dip its toe into the very dark side oh, yeah. of Marvel Comics. And if like You've got, got the multiverse horror, you've got Blade, which is, let's be honest, horror. We've got Blade, yeah. and we've got Doctor Strange. We're like we're a Ghost Rider, a Moon Knight, and a, a true Iron Fist movie away from Midnight Suns. Which yeah. I know they a lot of people have been yeah. speccing is going to be I think coming. Marvel now. Knights will be up there too. Yeah. I think the Illuminati like, storyline might show up sometime. The Dark Avengers, like all yeah. sorts of there's Different. so many directions they can now go, particularly because they acquired Fox. Yeah. But like Oh yeah, it's gonna be and really, then, really good. And then they didn't they did officially say that Fantastic Four is coming. Don't expect it soon. As and well as then existence. We just don't have time for mutants, but they're coming. So, um, the existence of Zay the, is be, But don't expect them in phase four. Like, we'll get, we'll get breadcrumbs, we'll get after, after like, standard teasers. But that sounds like that's going to be a bigger part of phase five. Perfect. Better they don't ruin it. Give yeah. them plenty of time. Don't rush yeah. into it. No, and the thing is, they, they seem to realize it's like they're slowly moving into the more fantastical. Whereas, for all of its fantastical elements, the first three phases have been very grounded in tech. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So now they're moving into the supernatural, and it, that's amazing. We're yeah, moving okay. into supernatural and cosmic. And, Which is yeah. perfectly fine, especially seeing as where how everything went with the whole Thanos storyline and how that played out. I think that this is going to be a great way for us to have that great segue into that more fantastical. And the thing from that is, you'll also be able to have a the uh, what well, essentially the uh, Thanos was basically a cosmic level threat. You'll be able to have that without doing the tri- uh, the tr- bring up the exact same thing because now you're going to be able to talk to en- extra dimensional beings. The last thing we want is the and if you love it or hate it, that's fine. But the last thing we need is the Dragon Ball Z formula where we just beat Thanos. Here's Super Thanos, and here's. Double Super Thanos, right? Where, like, the villain I, is just, I'm bigger and stronger each I time. I imagine Thanos. <laughs> super God, Super God Thanos God. Exactly. It's like, ugh. It's, uh, it, it's I want like they're slowing down. Like, they're not, they're kind of like, the first one we're getting is an espionage spy thriller with it, flashbacks. It, it looks like they're going more personal with the threats. It's basically going to be if you want to go with the anime's against our friend. No no, yeah, no, no, go no. for it. If you want to go with the anime thing, it's get, going to basically instead of being what DBZ was, it's going to do what JoJo's Bizarre Adventure does, where every part of it has its own has its own threat, but the scale of it flexes. But because of the characters and everything built around it, it still feels like a threat. Which is why I don't watch JoJo because I want a bigger bet. No, I'm kidding. I I, I just I'm not a big anime person. Um, the thing is, the thing I noticed is at the end of Endgame, they 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 fracture. Not like a, oh we don't like each other fracture, but like no, really, the groups separate, which allows fracture. them to take on more uh, yeah. localized threats. They kind of yeah. go their own directions. You know, Captain Marvel goes back to. You know wherever she goes the guardians kind of the of galaxy yeah. as guardians of the galaxy yeah it was a natural split up that resulted from the story it didn't feel forced yeah, yeah. and that allows them to go here's the here's guardians three which we know is coming okay. uh they're gonna take right. on something that's not a galactic level threat with and gone t- which awesome if you have a good director keep with them so yeah it's it's gonna be it's going to be cosmic. In the sense that it's from the cosmos, it's not going to be a grand threat. It's yeah. going to be like the first, uh, not even the even the first one was technically doesn't matter. But no, it's going to be it's going to be more intimate. I think this next phase or two to build up to again the extra dimensional being of except Eternals. Eternals that could be like, hey, we're going to go and fight a Thanos, and the that group just beats him up and walks away. So to be fair, you're talking about like god level. stuff, so, yeah, you right. are talking about that's going to be that. I bet that's going to feel a lot like the Avengers, the first Avengers. The Avengers yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Where it's up building a team. Yeah, I more wonder, than just we're already a set team. I also wonder if it, if it could go that route, but I'm also wondering if it's going to be that they are actually a team working together, and it's going to be very chess mastery. I don't know setting I mean, up I, pieces. There's a, there's a couple different ways it could go. We'll see when it comes out. Uh, there again, they are like two next year, two the year after, and then the slate after that. We kind of have an idea of what's coming, but we don't. We don't know. Two next year, but they're both like second half, right? Because we got this. Uh, thing. we have one in May, and then one in November. And then gotcha. So we're all. February, it's almost a year between movies. Yep, February, May, and I. There's probably one in November again. Yeah, They definitely made the right choice taking a, a leap year, essentially. Taking a yep. gap year. Yep, I agree. But but yeah, that's the big things coming out of San Diego Comic-Con again. It was Marvel, and then the IT trailer, and Top Gun, and a bunch of TV what? shows. What did DC put out? Oh, wait. What? Uh, nothing. <laughs> We're not coming to Hall H. Days. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> well, they we did out. record this on Sunday, so maybe they surprised someone on Sunday, but I kind of doubt it. Yeah. I'm a little yeah, surprised they didn't get a new genre trailer. They they showed footage of a bunch of things. Uh, but yeah, that's Comic Con. That was uh, bam, the awesome cats trailer. And we're going to take a quick break. All right. So uh, this week, uh, we've decided to delve into the world of mythology. Now, before we jump into mythology, how are we defining that compared to pure religion and legends? Because there's kind of a... There's an interconnect between the three of them. Yeah. At least as most people think of it. Alright. How are we going to separate the legends, like someone like King Arthur, and pure mythology, like Zeus and Thor and you know the gods? Where's our line? Mm, uh, the line I always think about stuff like this is that mythology, which, to be fair... Mythology and religion are very similar because they're allegorical stories. All right. At least to me, the biggest difference is the fact that people think of nowadays of religion as only one of the big one of the big three monotheistic ones. Where in reality, back when what we think of as mythology was, they believed in those as their gods. Okay. So it's more about it, there's more ties between religion and mythology. It's just. We're not talking about the actual trappings or the steps taken and all that sort of stuff, like the the rituals. We're not talking about the rituals. We're talking more about the allegorical stories on how you should live your life, warnings, all that sort of stuff. I think what you said, James, um, they do intersect. And there's a, like, Hercules is legend and mythology. Zeus and the creation myth stuff for the Greek in the Greek pantheon is legend, religion, and mythology. So I think there's a lot of intersecting. I think what separates religion from it is there are films that are purely religious films. Example, The Passion of the Christ as a purely religious film. Um, Regardless of whether or not people agree with the way it's done, it, it is what it is, that's what it's designed to be. So, I don't think there's a ton of taking of the mythology. You can kind of cover the mythology behind it, and something like King Arthur doesn't contain much in the way of like extremely supernatural mythology. There's not a lot of gods, other and, than like the Lady of the Lake. You're seeing, and, yeah, you see, yeah, 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 you see more and spirits and legends on kind of. Um, but I think there's still a mythology there that you can kind of read into I don't think we're really going to do much with that um, which is fine uh, but I think that's what separates it, yeah. you know, a legend we're, we're we're moving for the most part, we're moving realistic heroes, King Leonidas and the 300 Spartans were real yeah. people Battle of just been, it's just been the Battle trumped of of Thermopy- up for Thermopy- a thousand, two thousand years, yeah, I mean it was trumped up to begin with because at the end of the day it was Partly political propaganda. They, Always uh, make that sound. Three hundred Spartans and a thousand Thespians. Three hundred Spartans. We don't care about was, those actors. Oh, well, it was three hundred Spartans and six thousand other Greeks. You know what I'm getting? right Close enough. But the other six Greek, thousand Greeks—they were like in diapers. Um, but, we're gonna we're gonna fuck off now because we're losing this battle. Well, it's, it's, it's to go to, to briefly Basically. talk about three hundred. It's like, what's your oh, Spartans? What's your profession? Ho oh, oh, ho oh. ho! It's like what? You're yeah. Santa Claus, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> but no, it's so the the main uh, when someone mentions mythology, the main uh, pantheon everyone thinks of is obviously Greek. Great. That's and the first Greek, thing that comes to people's mind. Then yeah, Roman. Greek, after that. Greek and Roman. Let's be honest, they're same. kind of the same thing, kind just of, yeah. They're, yeah. they're changes. Like, they're like kissing siblings. Yeah. Realistically, all of the classical and ancient polytheistic, so like the Babylonian and Sumerian and all that Egyptian, guy. they're all they're all the same, just different names and interpretations. But and different right levels of importance. Let's start with Greek. Uh, if anyone tries going online and you're trying to find any, like, mythological movies, you're going to get 50 Greek Greek-based movies. Before any other And then one. maybe you'll get Thor. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. but I'll start this one. Um, the first kind of Greek mythology movie that immediately pops to my head is always Jason and the Argonauts, and I'm gonna complement that with the original Clash of the Titans. Okay. Yeah. And when you think about these, it's all, you know, the story of the Odyssey and all that kind of stuff. So, no. If I remember correctly, the, Jason and the Argonauts, Jason and the Golden Fleece. That's, that that no, is I'll, the I'll be story of Jason. Yeah. Yeah, but if you couldn't no. tell, some of us know mythology a bit more than others. <laughs> some of us have not watched uh, a lot of these movies because you see them once, you kind of see them again in, in the remake. Very true. But yeah, like the the big ones back from, uh, whenever Jason and the Argonauts and all before were CG, before CG, and the re- real reason I want to talk about uh, Jason and the Argonauts and the original Clash of the Titans is the wonderful work by Ray Harryhausen. The stop motion artist uh, just get to talk about, about Ray Harryhausen. I just want to talk yes. ass. Scream I want to talk about Ray Harryhausen. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever else, genius. They may look janky now, but those oh, those animations were nice. Yeah, the time. Yeah, stop motion animation before Nightmare for Christmas. Awesome. Yep. But <laughs> even that, he also did King Kong, and awesome. But yeah, well, but these are like the classic, you know, Sword and Sandals. Whatever probably, what everybody probably had to watch in high school if you had a mythology class. Yeah, pretty much. I uh, know. I I definitely had to watch uh, the original Clash of the Titans. I think I think we class. got shown yeah. Jason and the Argonauts. I want to say that. Yeah, <laughs> I watched Jason and the Argonauts in a film as art course at yeah. um, Macomb Community College. I think I did the same, and I'm like, I've seen this. I'm good. I <laughs> saw Jason and the Argonauts on TV because I thought it's, it's cool. on TV so often. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's like the standard classic Greek mythology. The stuff that Cohen was was based on, I guess. Yeah. And that's definitely like the start and everyone just kinda copies it. Yep. Better CGI, but it's the same kind of story told told again and again. It is sucks because there's so many different stories and they keep focusing on the same half dozen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, they, they they keep focusing on the same half-dozen because they keep focusing on what is known as the interesting half-dozen. They're not necessarily the ones that everybody finds interesting, but they're the ones that are pop-culturally I want to see around. Zeus as a golden shower. Anyway, moving on. Also, too, to be fair, it also isn't necessarily showcasing all the rape and incest that is inherent throughout. We just mentioned now. the golden shower and we're moving on. <laughs> I'm just saying though, like no, those six one? stories. I'm just saying, don't really feature that as much. Yeah, not as a, much. None That's... of them really. Uh, they're not family friendly. Dabbled uh, with Zeus. They all, the theme, yeah. they all have the same basic theme, though. Yeah. Greek hero, possibly Greek son of a god. Um. Because Greek gods are assholes. <laughs> they're not nice people. The nicest of all the Greek gods is the one that everyone hates, and that's Hades. Yeah. It's hilarious to me. Hades is the best. Especially when he's uh, when he's voiced by James Woodson. Later. Later. We might get to any story about Hercules, but I'm honestly not sure. <laughs> right. Anyway. Yeah. Well, uh Chris, what would you pick? So we're sure. carrying on. When you mentioned mm-hmm. the uh the the movies, the classic versions of the movies. Alright. Uh, so my, my, I'm going to also take what Devin didn't talk about a chunk, a block. I'm going to take the new Clash of the Titans, Wrath of the Titans, as well as Immortals. Okay. Which are, they're literally the same basic concept with a. Sheen of CGI, yeah. Uh, not not necessarily a good sheen of CGI, particularly in except for the bow and immortals. The bow and immortals is beautiful. The casting choices, um, in immortals probably could have been a little better. Uh, but True. it does hit the the Greek mythology. Uh, the new Clash of the Titans is almost the exact same thing as the original one. Uh, I like when they pull out the goofy owl. Yeah, that that doesn't do anything, and they go, yeah, that's junk. Put throw, throw it away. Like in Hephaestus's cave of stuff he's made. Yeah. Yeah. So um, junk. Yeah. So it's it really is. It's the same grouping of movies, uh, conceptually, but they are a little they're airier, prettier, air quotes prettier yeah. which is what James literally just did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> prettier. <laughs> they uh, they definitely. I don't think they have the lasting impression. No, that that that, like the only thing I remember from, and I've seen the remake of Clash of the Titans a bunch of times, just through either watching it in theaters or. I did like seeing the Kraken. Uh, yeah, the Kraken looked good. The, yeah. release the Kraken. Awesome. I will the always. To, the choice to have Liam Neeson as Zeus, I believe. Yes. Zeus, yeah. and then um, Ray Fiennes is Hades. Awesome. Clash Dragon? of the Titans oh. had Clash of the Titans had very good casting choices. I like Sam. Immortals H- had terrible ones. I like Sam Worthington. Same. Mm-hmm. Uh coming up, like Avatar and Clash of the Titans, I actually really liked him. He's kinda disappeared. I feel I gotta say, I will definitely remember Jason and the Argonauts way more than I remember the new Clash of the Titans. I, really, I remember the fight with the, the skeletons more than anything else. I mean, Absolutely. I mean also too, to be fair, I also liked Mads Mickelson in Clash. I liked uh, He was in who was he? Luke Evans in Clash. Uh, Luke man. Evans was in Clash. Yeah, <laughs> Luke Evans plays uh, Apollo. I could see it. Wasn't who was Mads Mikkelsen Hephaestus? Uh, no, that was Rice Hyphens, I believe. Really? Yeah, which was a nice. Uh, I think that's was it. I'm not positive. The only one the I can think of it Lizard. that he that uh, okay. might play would be Dionysus. Uh, that does sound right. Doesn't matter. He was Draco. He was yeah, Draco. Dog. Yeah. Luke Evans was all. Apollo. Yeah. Oh, the, the Sir Davos Liam, Liam Cunningham is also yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, with all of his fingers. Yeah, and Nicholas Holt. <laughs> uh, Nicholas Holt was also. Oh, in the movie. don't lie. Is uh, Hephaestus. Yes. Oh, yeah, uh, there's a one. good pick. Yeah. Also, also an excellent old British guy pick. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Oh. Surprisingly, like Bruce Evans, also in Harry Potter. Yeah. Everyone that's old and British is in here, except Sandor Clegane is also in uh, Clash. He plays Bellow. Yeah, there's a bunch of people in Clash. There's are big Clash there. Is. They're big yeah. names. I mean Clash of the Titans It should have been, uh, right? it, it, It's fun. Fine. It's terrible. Three point or uh, thirty-nine uh metascore uh big on IMDb. Uh so Metacritic doesn't like it. But it was um I mean it was it was a fun movie. That 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 phrase or at least the cracking got memed so hard. Oh yeah. Yeah. I like I enjoyed Clash of the Titans, the remake, and Wrath of the Titans was hard to watch, but they were still fun. And at the end of the day, ate the popcorn and left. But. And also to be fair, Clash of the Titans isn't the worst movie that has a hero named Perseus. That's <sighs> true. I liked Percy Jackson. The first one. The Same. second one was bad. The first one was actually pretty fun. I this know, is a read the books versus having read the books debate. I, I read the book <laughs> after the movie and I while while I enjoyed the movie at the time, I don't think I'll be able to go back, to, back and enjoy it as much having read the, the series now. I like Logan Lerman. It wasn't a horrible choice. He was like In one of my favorite movies of all time. It so. wasn't a horrible choice. The acting choices for that for the Percy Jackson films. I don't argue with. I don't, no, I argue who they got for Annabeth, but that's a whole other story. Uh, I would like to bring up how obnoxious it is. How obnoxious it is that Luke Evans was in both Clash of the Titans and <laughs> Immortals, which is why when you mention him in Clash of the Titans, I'm like, he wasn't in Clash of the Titans; he was in Immortals, Tom. No, he's he's just in both. Yep. All right, then, but before we get too, you up, don't like on. Alexander Daddario as Annabeth? Okay. No, I love Alexander Daddario. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with she didn't look the part. Yeah. It's the same reason I didn't quite like uh, the choice for Kat- Jennifer Lawrence. I didn't like Jennifer Lawrence for Katniss. That's probably fair too. I had no problem with that. So so mm-hmm. anyway. I usually don't, but every so often I'm saying it is very obviously not the right end. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Neither here nor there. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. So, away from that, are we still going negative? I think we're still well, going negative. Think- Hermes! Was amazing in the sequel, boom! Captain Hammer Philly. Philly. Yes. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> yep. He was yep. awesome. I love that scene. He really I does like an amazing mind. job. Well, you know what? To be fair, Nathan Fillion is a pretty good choice for Hermes. Nathan is a perfect choice for anything. So yeah, <laughs> moving on. Yeah, Doctor sure. So the movie that I'm bringing up when it comes to talking about the Roman Greeks is Troy. Came out in 2004. Uh, writer was David Benioff. Uh, that sounds familiar. Right? Yeah, you I never, never heard of that guy. Game of Thrones, right? <laughs> was he at San Diego um, Comic-Con? He wasn't. Weird. Mm. And uh, the other ho- writer for it was Homer, but that's just because of the source material. So, Simpson. Uh, no, not that one. Uh, Homer as in, like, the great Greek writer. Anyways. Uh, uh, that's, actually that's interesting, ladies and gentlemen. Right? So this movie stars Brad Pitt, Eric Bana, Orlando Bloom, Brian Cox, and a billion and a half other people in that That's movie. A, another good point. Uh the, the mythology ones also tend to somehow drag in pretty big actors. Well they're epics. Yeah, they're epics. Yeah. So epics do that. Sword and Sandal's movies always drew like even back in the Sword and Sword of draws nobody's. Sword and Sandal draws and stars. Everyone. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like legit. Uh, because it's considered classics, and everybody wants to be a part of the classics. Pretty much, yeah. that's why Shakespeare always gets trotted that out.
1: Exactly. That's why.
0: That's why every every Greek, German, Roman, and Egyptian is somehow British. Yep. Um, <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. So the reason why I'm bringing this one up is because of the fact that this particular movie doesn't so much talk about the mythology from the source material. So much as takes it out of the story. Okay. No mythology at all. No. <laughs> Except that Achilles is blessed by gods. Yeah, he's blessed by gods. There's also a lot of like major things that are wrong from this movie versus source material. Like for instance you know uh, the fact that Menelaus wasn't killed by Hector uh, Achilles was dead by the time the horse was actually brought into the city they had to remove a door from the gates in order to bring the horse into the city it wasn't a giant 50 foot wall that they were behind but a giant trench that helped protect the city there is a reason I will never watch this movie Uh, the cousin so called uh, cousin Patrocles of the of Achilles was actually older Achilles, not younger, and wasn't actually his cousin. <laughs> yeah. And when he had the funeral pyre put together, he actually killed uh, I believe it was 12 Greek, or 12 Trojans. I want to say 12. Yeah, yeah, it was 12 Trojans to bury and uh, to burn along with as honors to Patrocles. <laughs> yeah, because they yeah, Patroclus. or oh, Patroc- yeah, Patroclus. Yeah. Was... There's a lot of debate on what Patroclus was to Achilles. That's, that's all we're going to say. Yeah, uh, Ajax was not killed by Hector. Yeah, uh, no, Ajax he committed suicide? After trying to kill his friends. Yeah. Which is actually something James has covered in a previous episode. Yeah, that. I mentioned this before. Paris died at Troy. Uh there's a lot of inconsistencies with the actual myth, let's just put it that way. Well, yeah. and that's the interesting thing about myth, is that there's always inconsistencies. Because for the longest time, myths were oral traditions, and every every bard, every skull would give their own version of it to the people that they were singing to. The, the difference with this yep. one is it was actually pen, penned. It was written yeah. uh Homer's Honestly, it was actually published. Whatever yeah, Homer was, a singular was writer the, or a group of people. But yeah, it was yeah, actually, just the Iliad. This is the Iliad. The thing post. is, I know stories, like, I've read the Iliad. It's been a while, like, a long 20 years or so. It's also a little boring. But, yeah, yeah. a little bit. Epic poems kind of have that <laughs> <laughs> You have to really yeah. want to read it. Yeah, poetry. I listened and, to I it did at the audio time. time. But, but watching Troy. <laughs> I had absolutely no issue with any of this. No. Just I mean, like you, you don't like Percy Jackson movie because of the book, and I haven't read the book, and I genuinely liked the first movie. The same kind of thing here. I genuinely love Troy. I think it's a really well-done movie. No, I'm not saying that I dislike Troy. I very much like this movie, even though there's a ton of inaccuracies and or anachronisms and there's a bunch of stuff like that. I enjoyed this film overall. I will eat a big jug of popcorn. Well, I'm not a big popcorn eater. I'll eat a huge (laughs) huge bag of better made potato chips and watch this movie. Um, And I'm the one who I have noticed I don't even watch this film because I know the inconsistencies, which that's me. And to me, it has some of the most, like, just awesome fight scenes. The uh, Achilles one shotting the big dude, single sword stab down through the chest. One of the coolest shots I've ever seen in film. I will also say, I will also say in the movie's favor, the best choice ca- casting wise for Achilles. Yeah, Achilles. Oh yeah. Two thousand Brad Pitt. Ooh. I'm not gonna lie, Eric Bana as Hector, really good choice as well. Yeah, they but, did not and was Paris was the only casting me, that was, I had issue with. It was, it was fine, fine, but it, it wasn't was bad. Was, I mean, yeah. but he fits the whole tale of being the pretty boy that the sissy boy that caused the downfall of Troy. I always get a kick out of how Brian Cox finds his way into these movies, because every time I, I think know. of Brian Cox, the first thing I think about is Chief Stryker. O'Hagan oh, from, Super of, from Super Troopers. So I'm like, but you know, then you start to realize, oh, he was, was in it? Braveheart, and he was in Troy. <laughs> you're like, he like oh, for well. maximum. That's yeah.
1: fair. Yeah. I won't
0: lie. It for the, for a good while. I I, I didn't realize it was Brian Cox, the striker. Also, a, I I thought I missed, I mistook him for Brian Plessed, which is like that's a whole other spin on a movie. Yeah. I mean, the film is also directed by like it what makes it a cool film is I mean the director Wolfgang Peterson is the director. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, this is the Das Boot, Enemy Mine, Everending Story, Air Force, Air Force One. One. Outbreak, so like, yeah. like this is a guy who directs movies that are basically. They have classics, become yeah. either cult classics, enemy mine, or timeless classics. Do any way you want to yeah. slice that never ending story. We all watch it as kids. Yeah. At least I assume we all watch it as kids. I wasn't yes. a huge fan, but I could see why like, people like it. But it's iconic. Um, And Troy doesn't get that iconic treatment, and it makes me sad because I think yeah. the really good. Like, as well. There's some amazing scenes in it. Yeah. I can't remember what its reception was when the trailers were first coming out either. So. It was pretty good. Uh there was good buzz. It was a, there was I believe it was like a summer blockbuster yeah. type movie. Popcorn movie. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely yeah. a popcorn and movie. And it which is perfectly fine. Yeah. yeah. It's to me it's a really well done, solid film. Yeah. And it gets kind of crapped on here and there, and I'm like, I, I never quite got it. Me, I crap, but wait I minute. Wait, you've never seen it, so you can't crap yeah. on something you haven't seen. <laughs> and that's. I uh, highly suggest you give it a watch at some point. You don't have to. You're talking to someone who who knows he would enjoy uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, if one for Michael Sarah. and that's, that's all right. That. You're talking to someone who won't even give it a shot. So that's yep, great. yeah. But I also want to point out, uh, D- or Brendan Gleeson as Menelaus. House. Yep, Metal House. Right. Wow. Yeah. yeah, good, good casting, and Diane Kruger as Helen of Troy. Yes, really. <laughs> yeah, good. again, this has solid casting. Yeah, I would give it that. It 100%. 100%, really good cast, which makes me laugh. They talk about how. Uh, Paris stole her after this big thing involving a feast with them. Let's not let's not get into that because that gets yeah. d- dips into the actual mythology, which that took out, which is my biggest reason for not wanting to watch it. And then uh, yeah. Nathan Jones, who who was like the big dude from Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, he's the he's the one that gets one shot by Achilles. Yeah, so, which would be fair. Big huge dude. Yeah, really cool scene. Nothing else. Watch that scene. I think of, I might have like, seen that scene, and I, I completely you know, agree. It's But <laughs> like, really cool, just single stab, and then just kind of, like, hero pose, walk away from it. It's nuts, and it's pretty awesome. It's yeah. 100% oh, yeah. for Achilles. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that sells you Achilles right You get there. the character. The Achilles character, perfect. Yeah, Like, I think he's perfect all the way through. So, so. that being said, Troy, awesome movie. James won't watch it. No That's- mythology, because it took it away. Uh, now... Yeah, it, tra- it treated it more like a legend than anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is what's really interesting about it because originally it was a mythology. That and this is again where mythology and legend intersect. Yeah, there's a lot of interconnection between it because it is um, it is the mythology that brings that brings it into being, but it's very much the legend of the war of uh, the Trojan War. Uh, yeah, and and also, also something else I really want to point out too is Rosebeard playing Perseus. I forget she's in the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't. I didn't even for the longest time. I didn't even realize that she played Perseus. She's the priestess. I don't know who that is. is. She's the. Yeah. Don't know who that you'd is. You recognize her. You would recognize her. Okay, cool. But to, yeah. to no. we, oh, the, you don't know who Rose Byrne is? Off the character. No. Oh, okay, that's fair. I don't know you, the character. Yeah, yeah you probably, probably it. recognize her. But, so anyway, to go from to go from that to a it's not it's not mythological. That's the funny part. It's definitely more in the. Allegorical sense. Interestingly enough, we're going from one very unique take on Homer to another another very unique take on Homer. Um, Yeah, we talked about the Iliad. Now let's talk about the Odyssey. And, Old Brother, where art thou? Very oh, that like it, uh, everyone. Whenever when you t- when you talk about it, people are like, oh yeah, I remember that movie. That was really good, but it's not one that's usually G- on the forefront of people's minds. No, I mean that's a Coen brothers film. Yeah, Two thousand. It's-, it's-, it's a crime comedy. That's how it's, that's how it's built. Yeah, it's just hilarious with uh, George Clooney, uh, John Turturro, yep, John and Tim Turturro. Blake Nelson yep. as the the main three. Also, yep. John Goodman. I mean, yep. yep. He yeah. he was uh, he's polyphemous Yep, yep. He's the he's the one eye like one eye cyclops like, Dan T. Yep, yep. Dan T. There's a lot of other one. You'll there's never forget this. I'll still tell you oh, yeah, a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot of characters in this one. Yeah, Because yep. it is it recognizable faces. It's set in Depression era America. Mm-hmm. Clooney and his two uh his two friends escape prison. Yep. And they're trying to get home to get a treasure that Clooney's character has it hits all the beats of the odyssey of odysseus trying to get home to his wife and keep getting kicked back cuz his hubris against the gods but set in depression era america with an escaped convict and with all the supernatural elements being of the south well, oh, well it also has although all the supernatural uh god and pantheon elements that oh, that are hindering o- Odysseus. Oh, you sorry you so it, hits the, yeah, it, hits, his, it hits the stuff all, the all of them that are hitting all of his path in this are forces that would hinder a convict's path it's people like lawmen and politicians and yeah. things like that and which is what makes it really interesting they're, they're literally it's the same characters in the same story and the thing is the, the interesting part about that is you hit all of that you've got the maybe it's magic maybe it's not Aspect of it, but because it's set in Depression-era America, you've also got a lot of the whole Christian purity sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be tempted to sin, because that's that way leads uh, leads you astray from God. Yep. The baptism but, scene and things like that. The is, baptism wow. scene, the sirens, the temptation of, uh, of, of a pretty woman turned into oh, a yeah, the <laughs> toad. <laughs> we thought you was a toad. <laughs> it, which played like a money oh. python skit. Yeah. But it's... And the... You you honestly can't talk about Oh Brother Rarata without talking about one major contribu- con- contribution to it. The soundtrack. Yes. The soundtrack. It's one of those movies the movie's really good and it was really well critically received. The soundtrack actually won a load of awards. And it, it was deserved them. Way more well known. Uh, a Man of Constant Sorrow mm-hmm. is... I feel, I feel like everybody was alive the, the year the film came out heard that song. Yeah, yeah. or, or it was a Billboard top one hundred song. I mean. or, or the songs that the sirens sing. Yep. There are those some the, the lyrics for all of them are just incredibly dark. Even yeah. the one sung by the uh, by the by the little girls. Uh, yeah. It's like it's very dark, which yeah. fits the depression era. It's about going to meet your maker and being happy to, to be happy that you've gone to heaven. Yep. It's mind-blowing, but yeah, it's it's a beautiful recreation of the Odyssey without being explicitly obvious of, is it without doing the sword and sandal thing. There are there are no obvious gods aside from the mention of God. There are no mythological creatures, but everything that Clooney and his cohorts face along the road to the end, to their good end, is very reminiscent of that. And as such, has a very it hits that part in your brain that makes it think like it's a Greek epic, without explicitly being a Greek epic. And then at the at near the end of the movie, you you realize that the full name of George Clooney's character Everett is Ulysses Everett McGill. Yep, so and Ulysses covering. being the Roman being the Roman equivalent name for uh, Odysseus. Yep, which always bugs me. I don't know why. Whenever I hear, whenever I hear stuff referring to Ulysses, it's like that's what I had. I had to take a couple seconds to realize. Oh, they're talking about Odysseus. Well, yeah. and unfortunately, like Ulysses could have been a common name of a Depression era person. Sub- Odysseus would not have been. No, it's so, alert, but it, it just takes me that half a second. It like, oh, that's right. Ulysses it's and when and You Odysseus. pull that mythology right back in. You're like, oh. it's a subtle one too. It's like that's. The, I think that's the best way I can put it. Is that it hits all those beats. Beats, but because it's so subtle and because it has a good message in and of itself, you don't really think of it that way. Yeah. And the other cool thing, too, is, is they take some of the same songs that are very common from that era, such as, uh, you know, You Are My Sunshine, Big Rock Count, uh, Big Rock County Mountain, Mountain, that's a great one. Uh, Down to the River to Prey. They have all these songs that are very much literally like Depression era songs. That are being brought into this that fit so well with the it message bugs, of the yeah, film, the, the message of the Odyssey, the Odyssey, everything. everything. Yeah. And if they aren't, if they aren't acapella, they've only got one or two music accompaniments. That's yeah. it. Like it is mainly on the power of their singers, and they chose some bangers. Yeah, they did. Uh, overall, I think that the soundtrack for this movie is one of those times where it's easily. As big a star as the actual, movie. actual movies or the actors in that film. I'll agree yeah, with absolutely. that completely, absolutely. So wrapping this wrapping this little segment, I guess you can call it up. Call it the Greek segment, yeah. <laughs> the, the Greek invasion. Wait a minute, the Greek quarter. But like we uh, like like I mentioned, a brother war art though kind of mixes a bunch of it, it mixes the Greek, it mixes the American Depression era. And that Judeo Christian and the Judeo Christian like, purity. So I think that's a good way to roll into that. Sure. Yeah, yeah. The whether you want to think of it as mythology or not. Judeo Christian monotheistic pant like pantheon. Yes, there are a lot of saints, a lot of angels. Yeah it's pantheon. Yeah, like the like that is as mythological as greek so most people i think would agree yeah. that these stories from the torah from the the bible the Quran, the the they are allegorical in the same way that the old school greek greek roman egyptian myths well are. it does the same thing that the greek roman egyptian myths they totally show good. you the limit takes, that humans should should right, not exceed it takes allegorical stories and then blends them with actual real-life events and moments too. to historical to, events to, and to try to, to explain degree. the world and figure mm-hmm. out our place in. yeah absolutely and that's yeah. what mythology does absolutely right. um so who, who wants to start well, on this one i i i think i have the movie that does the exact opposite of what All that right. stuff tends to do um so this movie is... was made in 1999. It was directed by Kevin Smith. And it's really hard to talk about mythology without talking about dogma. Oof. Um, uh, it's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Mostly because... All of the negative things Dogma says about religion, for all the negative things it says, it also says a lot of positive things. It celebrates it while also, I wouldn't say casting any, but definitely kind of pointing to the... Pointing sh- at the stupidity. Yeah, shaking, shaking the finger at the, at the stupid people who take it too far. Not necessarily the actions of the entire religion, which I think is a very important distinction, especially when you're making a comedy. <laughs> Film stars Ben Affleck and Matt Damon as two <laughs> angels cast out of heaven, uh, who are trying to get back because they are re-blessing, re-sanctifying, uh, they're consecrating. Thank you. Consecrating a, a cathedral in, um, New Jersey. Yeah, new, of all places. New Jersey. Um. Because everything's it's, illegal in New Jersey. It's humorous because they get banished to the worst place on Earth. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. <laughs> um, and then, and Ohio. Being, well, being from Michigan, we'd argue that Ohio might be worse, but Wisconsin's pretty bad too. Hi, the oh. in Ohio. How are you doing? Yep.
1: <laughs> and no, I love Ohio. They're yeah. too
0: busy with stuff. But, no, it's, it's an interesting take. Alan Rickman plays the uh, Metatron. the voice of God. The voice of God, and oh my God, is he just the snarkiest son of a bitch? And it's the greatest thing because he's the first, right? He's like the uh, (laughs) the (laughs) comment. Everybody who's always said that they were talking to God, they've been talking to me. So he's been doing this for for themselves, Uh, but he's been doing this for a long time. So he's gonna be kind of snarky and cynical. He's seen it. He's seen it a thousand times. over. and then you have Chris Rock playing Rufus the 13th thir- yeah, the the po- apostle, apostle yeah yeah it the comedy in it is so great but like like we said earlier the fact that it it pokes fun at the more out there things while also paying a decent amount of respect to the religion as a whole is what kind of holds it up together as a fun comedy that you can enjoy one of the funniest things that revolving around dogma is isn't it to me personally is not actually the movie itself. It's the fact that people actually protested it when it first came out. And at one of those protests, Kevin Smith was actually there protesting with them. <laughs> the news the news reporter who was talking to him knew it was him, but he wasn't saying that it was him. And he was just going along with the crowd. And nobody in the crowd knew who he was. I, it was I also funny. I I I think I just I it, you gotta really enjoy that. The there's 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 a lot of you know holes and stuff in this movie that are pointed out. Oh yeah. And it, like we said, it makes fun of it, but it yeah. It does it in such a way that it's not mean spirited. No, not at all. It it really isn't. a no. mean spirited. Does it get everything correct? No, but then again, it's a comedy. I don't expect it to be hard to the fact. It's not my favorite kevin smith movie but it's a good movie yeah no, it's, it better it's, one, it's definitely a fun movie to watch it's it, it's one that says don't take something too too seriously but it's okay to have your beliefs just don't, don't take, take them, them too to far. the water yeah. yeah don't go extreme with them absolutely so after that but the other one that comes to mind, which is an underrated, is an underappreciated film in my eyes, is a 1998 animated musical drama by DreamWorks, and it's actually traditional animation and not 3D. The Prince of Egypt, gorgeous movie, love the movie. When I was a kid, it I is... thought this was a Disney movie. I'm not gonna yeah, lie, that music. high quality It yeah. is that the music. Quality. The music maybe go. Oh, this is a Disney. Movie. Yeah, it, it, Prince of Egypt is great. It is yeah. honestly, if it's not their opus, it's it's right up there. It is it is lovingly crafted throughout the entire thing, and you can see it. Mm-hmm. It is about the story of Moses finding God and leading the Jewish people away. You know, the Hebrews. The Hebrews from yeah. Thank you. Leading the Hebrews away from Ramses. The the king the of um, Egypt he's great played by Hades himself Ray Fiennes yep did That's a wonderful a job Voldemort. Voldemort. Uh, <laughs> every, just but really good at being the bad guy yep <laughs> yeah, everyone who doesn't in in Bruges weird he was also the villain in uh the movie uh, Schindler's List it's weird how he's just always the villain yeah, this one had Except a lot in Grand Budapest Hotel the anyways guy. the voice <laughs> cast the voice cast again. A lot of names. Val Kilmer. Yep. Uh, Ralph Fiennes. Michelle Pfeiffer. Sandra Bullock. Jeff Goldblum. Danny Glover. Patrick Stewart. Helen Mirren. Steve Martin. And Martin Short. There's a lot of names. The, yeah. the score was composed by Hans Zimmer. That should tell you the quality you're working with. Yeah, you know, you got a good movie when Uncle Phil's involved. <laughs> James <laughs> Avery is also... also He's a little further down on the IMDb. He's also in it. But He's just additional voices, but it's okay. It, direct, it had three directors: uh, Brenda Chapman, Steve Hickner, and Simon Wells. Okay. And it a good sign or a bad sign, depending on how good the movie is. For this one, I'd say it was a good sign. Well, it, they may have been director. Like there may have been the chief director, head director, probably an animating director. There's a actor director and then an overall director. Yeah. Oh, that's right. This is so. Yeah. This Simon, idea... Simon look. Wells is not uh, super well-reviewed. Yeah. But this sure. one... this idea, That's okay. This idea was put into production after the founding of DreamWorks in 95. Okay. So, to make it work, DreamWorks employed artists who, who had worked for Disney, which explains a lot, actually. Yeah, it does. And the recently disbanded... Uh, Ablam- Amblimation. Jeez. Tolding a crew of 350 people from 34 different nations. Wow! It's got a blend of the, tr- of the traditional animation, which is the m- majority of it, as well as some CG stuff. It it's it's the plot of Moses freeing the Hebrews, and we I, I mentioned it's a musical. The music is phenomenal in this. Mm-hmm. The the characters are heartfelt, and it has one of the creepiest scenes in animated history the that being the final plague the angel of death Mm -hmm. it is not it is not treated as a joke it is not a humanoid person with wings it is an ephemeral being that causes the death of the firstborn it it, and the song that plays during it and the cries when the egyptians realize what have happened to their kids is terrifying it's haunting yeah it is haunting and then the aftermath of uh the byplay between ramses and moses is heartbreaking Mm -hmm. the entire thing is just creepy on a level that still hits me now yeah yeah it's it's up there with creepy animated scenes with uh the fate oh. of Doctor Facilier and the fate of Ursula, like kicking to me, to Like Claude Frollo from a uh, yeah yeah, Pinchback. like it's it's it's, it's there that was some of the darkest I, stuff. I actually uh, think it's it might actually be higher than everything except the Claude Frollo scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, that was pretty dark, and and the the Tarzan vine scene. And, uh, that, uh, yeah, and the one from it, Anastasia with uh, rescue, rescue. Yeah, yeah. So like this is it, it is it it's really good. it does not shy away from the dark. But it also does not uh dampen the the good the or, and it's, or not, the joyous. it's not a preachy film mm-hmm. at all. It is a loving recreation of that story that showcases both sides as human. Yeah. And that's that's a big thing. It is easily again, it's an underappreciated film, I think. But when you mention it, it's like, oh yeah, I remember it's it's like over oh, other words though. It's not first on people's minds, but it definitely comes up of oh yeah, I remember watching that film. That was great. Yeah, yeah. The, the weird part about this is that I hadn't watched this until about six months ago. What? I never really cared. <laughs> and I I'm finally surprised. got around to watching this and Hunchback on the same day. Oh, oh wow. wow, you had it back like to back and I'm like I wasn't impressed. It's like, okay, cool. I, I, I see why people like this but I wasn't impressed. And I'm not really sure why. You okay. out part of the reason might have been it's now 2019. Yeah. Um, That might have been part of it. I I think The Prince of Egypt is still a great movie. Like, I don't know if it exactly aged super well to be I, The character models are a little odd. Like, I see why people liked it, but at the same time, I watched it and I'm like, okay, got it. Cool. Uh, Next movie, please. Kind of thing, you know. And then I watched *Hunchback*, and I'm like, "Okay, cool." Tony J is the best part of that movie. Next movie, please. And it was like, it felt like I was like catching up on something I should have watched, and like everyone had overhyped it. And hey, not overhyped. That's fine. Yeah, that word always. It would be like if you haven't going. seen *The Big Lebowski*, and your friend is a really big fan of *The Big Lebowski*. Hi, uh, Chris. Big, big Le- fan of like, *Big Lebowski*. And I haven't seen Big Bulowski, so like, but that's what it is. It's yeah, the movie it's, gets so hyped, it gets put in a place, and you're, it, it gets hyped to a point where you're. There's no way you're ever going to like it yeah. because it's never going to live up to what people have said it is. Yeah, right. Which is fine. Like I understand why I like, like why it's considered good, and the music is good. Sure, I, I won't say anything about the music. Like the music was great, but you have to have more than just. Flashing music for me to really like a movie. No, sure. you have to you have to good good yeah. cinematography. Yep. <laughs> yeah, good cinematography. And the animation is a little film. odd, but at places, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's just it it didn't grab me as much as other people. Sure. So. And that, yeah. but the mythology is there; it's really well defined. Oh yeah, yeah it is. It, like I said, it is it is more a love letter to that than anything else. I yeah, also absolutely. kind of feel like I've heard the story elsewhere, and that's. Kind of the, one of the issues I feel like apologies. you have, and that's the thing. Like, I this is a you all the story well, and I knew what was coming, and it, there wasn't anything original. Well, I mean, it was, there was a big one with you know Yul Brenner that came out back in the day, but still, like that—that yeah, that, that, that I can understand being the problem is that like, you've seen it before mm-hmm. and it's essentially pre the same stuff. That's why remakes are always kind of sketchy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was called the Ten Commandments. I mean, it, yeah, seen Let my people. Tom, do you have a Judeo-Christian one? Yeah, sort of. Um, So this one, sort of. uh, So this one that I'm going to bring up is came out in 2017. It is a Disney Pixar film uh, called Coco. It's directed by Lee Unkrich and Adrian Molina, and it talks about Dia de los Muertos, um, which is Day of the Dead in Mexico. The Dia de los Muertos is a combination of pre-Columbian history and uh, historical uh, religions and Roman Catholic uh, uh, liturgy. They took, together. they took a pagan holiday, scraped off the serial number, and slapped Christianity on it. Not quite. Oh no! Right. No, not no, no, I'm thinking of something else. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. You're thinking of every other. No, no. Yeah, <laughs> you're thinking of Christmas. Christmas movies. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. right. I apologize. So a lot of people in America, because we're not the most well-informed people, uh, have a tendency of mistakenly calling this the Mexican Halloween. It is not. No. So this, like I said, this is pre-Columbian religion, so it takes a lot of the indigenous religions, which which you're looking at Aztecs and Incas, Incas and so on and so forth, where they had this belief that uh, it was, in, a, in some cases, that it was very faux pas for you to mourn the dead, because the dead were still part of your living, active community, and you kept them around through stories and memories and things like that. Never forgotten. Never forgotten. Right. Dia de los Muertos is to honor the Is to honor the and celebrate and celebrate celebrate them, them. and it's believed to be a day where they kind of come back and visit us here in the land of the living. It's a healthier attitude towards death than us. That's right. And it takes place on November first and second, which equates to the uh, Roman Catholic calendar of being All Saints Day and All Souls Day, and it also falls in line with the fall maize harvest uh, for. Them because so a lot of because a lot of pre uh, a, a lot of older traditions follow the follow the cycle of, exactly. of plants, of, of seasons the harvest and harvests harvest and things like that. And the one of the things that this movie gets incredibly right is the fact that the there's ofrendas which are the altars which are, are altars rather that people put pictures and favorite foods of past loved ones on to remember them. The flowers that you see, flowers are used to help guide the dead back to the land of the living. Flower petals. Yes. Um, The ones that were used are uh, simple, uh, simple chill, simple chill. I'm butchering that. They're also known as Aztec marigolds or Mexican marigolds uh, are the ones that we see in this film. And, uh, you know, I, this movie overall just gets a lot of the things correct what it does when it talks about the aspects of this religious holiday and its importance within the culture. Okay, and I guess the big question I'll ask, what's the the scene from it that really kind of sets the whole thing, like encapsulates the whole thing for you? For me, gosh, I think it's literally where the main character, Miguel, is going into the... Land of the Dead, and he's realizing that he's no longer uh, corporeal anymore, and he's following the Marigolds there, and he comes across Hector, which is a character that kind of like bumbles around in the underworld with, uh, and he's, as they're going through, they come across a character, uh, a, 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 a person who, the last living person that was around has... Forgot er, has died, and so there's no one left to for to remember them, and so the person who's dead dies again, because now they have faded entirely from from memory in the land. It's the infamous: you die twice. Yeah, you die when you die, and you die when the last person remembers you. Yeah, within the mythology of this movie, and everything is just so vibrant, and it mixes this this beautiful. Art and culture of the Central Central America and South and South American cultures with uh, and the Mexican culture with this like idea that we have of modern day and things like that and it's beautiful. It's just overall the movie is amazing. The music is fantastic. The they do a very good job of representing so many people. With okay. this movie, so I yeah, know no, you you watched it and oh, yeah. quite like I it. absolutely loved Coco. I haven't seen it. Same. but I know I a lot about it. I've heard great things about it and it's yes. on my list to watch. It's I watch a lot of watch mojo and they talk about it a lot of yeah. It's definitely one of those that you think going into it it's gonna be nice, sweet and happy, and then it definitely like starts hitting you in the feels with the remember me. The yep. there's three different versions of the song. One's sung by the fake father. One sung by the father, one sung by the son or the the grand grandson. Great, great I guess. grandson, yeah. And it's all those the different versions of the same song. When Miguel sings it to Coco, his grandmother is one of the most like uplifting and almost gut wrenching scenes because you kind of realize what's kind of going on behind the scenes. Yeah, because yeah. Coco is yeah. suffering from Alzheimer's. Yeah. And she's also 90 years old. Yeah, and it's like when she starts singing a lot, it's, it's one of the most uplifting scenes in a movie I've seen in a lot. Of. I yeah. also think it's funny that the, the the big song is Remember Me and the remembering yep. people who have died. That was a big the time theme time. in the movie. Yeah. I know I, they did line. it on purpose. Yeah, yeah. but there, there's a hell of a through line that comes through. Yeah, because one of the things also, too, is, is they've done a lot of research in people who suffer from Alzheimer's. Uh, have a tendency of being able to recall things a little bit easier when they when there's music involved. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things that they also, when the people who made this film were doing it, they actually had that together. Okay. So that's my movie. Yeah, uh, my movie is going to be in a different direction. I originally was going to do religious, but I decided maybe I shouldn't do that. And I decided on a Belgian movie. I actually mentioned this when we did the uh the independent foreign film name association. Oh no. Okay. A movie called The Brand New Testament. Yep. Uh it's a really like subversive comedy set in Belgium with a depressed writer who is like who is literally God, who's now a depressed, like Writer who just doesn't know what to do. He's like, I made everybody and they're just doing their own thing. So, you know, what do I do? But then his daughter, which apparently God has a daughter, yeah, goes and just starts messing with stuff, finds a computer and starts making her own brand new testament. And it's just one of these that takes like a lot of the ideas of Jesus finding his apostles and all that kind of storyline and completely subverts it. And has fun. She walks around Brussels finding just random people and being like, "Ah, you can be my Judas. I mean, don't and like just starts going through what the stories did, but then purposely choosing people that don't match to see what happens. (laughs) And to me, it is just such a fun, like satirical look at the kind of mythological version of the Bible that is like very pointedly. We know that some of these stories don't make sense, so let's make fun of it in this sardonic, sarcastic way. And I absolutely love the movie. Incredibly tongue-in-cheek. They know what they're doing. Their tongue is outside the cheek. And there's, like, randomly she decides that a a woman falls in love with a gorilla just to see what happens. That kind of stuff. And, like, she at one point changes the sky to pink with flowers because she wants to see if how people react, and people start freaking out, and, like, she just starts playing with stuff. And I like the idea that God is a dude in a computer just kind of, like, playing Sims. And it's like that kind of thing. That's and, how we all feel when we're playing Sims. And it's just a really fun, fun take on the kind of mythology of the, all of the Judeo-Christian, but what if he was just a depressed writer with a daughter that's curious? So, that's fair. Yeah, it's... I, I can't say a whole lot because nobody else here has even probably heard of it. Uh, other than when what, you mentioned it, I, when you, I remember when you mentioned it, I was very interested in seeing this film because yeah. it sounds like a film that would be, for the at the very least, something interesting to see. At least one. It's just a really weird movie and I like, I, I saw this at the film festival, not surprising, but I absolutely loved it when I watched it and it's just such a weird weird take on that that judeo-christian religion and they just were like well we have no idea what it actually is but here's the stories in our own interpretation so it's a fun compliment to what actual like the stories are so yeah well well, we run through that uh you know what i think you mentioned we mentioned Thor earlier, and because MCU is so big, how about we wrap up with talking a little bit about Thor before calling it, huh? Yeah. No? All right. Uh, there's a lot of other mythologies we're skipping, but okay. There are. But, but it's also been a while. Yeah, I know. But Thor is really, like the, the weakest out of all of the interesting. But okay. Yeah. Well. You shouldn't have spent so much talking so much time talking about what Marvel's going to be releasing. Yeah. That's fine. So Thor, overall I like the character. I like the characters that it introduces, even if it's nothing really along the same lines of what the actual mythology is. Marvel took Marvel Comics took the mythology and kind of tweaked it. A little bit. <laughs> I feel like they did a lot more than tweak it. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. They, they they tweaked it pretty hard. For one, Thor isn't a giant bustling redhead who gets angry at the drop of a hat and Loki's his brother for some reason as opposed to his uncle. Right. Uh you know, and the fact they leave out so many other characters. I will say I didn't it didn't feel like it didn't feel like Thor was Thor, Thor the, the one that I know of from the Norse mythology until Watiti took over. Hey, random jump cut. Sorry, uh, Chris had to take off. He had a prior engagement, and we were going a little long. So we're going to continue our talk about Thor, and then we're going to wrap up the episode. Uh, Again, there is no Gen Ed. We'll talk about movies coming out after this. So so what I was saying is the fact that I didn't feel like Thor was Thor until uh, Watiti took over in Ragnarok. Okay. Because he... I kind of got that from the first Thor movie for like the first 10-15 minutes but after that it was, a, he, it was a little too slapstick without any payoff really. Except for that end fight which wasn't a fight against the Destroyer. That's fair. I mean like I did feel that... Well, mid, mid fight. Yeah, I, I was like, that's not the end fight. I'm you can tell how much I remember that movie then. I, I enjoyed the first one. I had some problems with the with Ragnarok just because of the changing of the names. Of the characters, I'm like, mm. what names did they change? Uh, Certor, uh, uh and Meek. Um, they're not religious, <laughs> <or> they're, not- <laughs> they're not religious, no, they're but not it's not a dude made out of rock. Uh, it's Surter instead of Cert. Uh, there was oh, yeah, but those <laughs> it was Hella instead of Hell. To be fair, she's not Hell, I, I understand that, but it- she also wasn't Hella. So the I'm thing like, is, mm-hmm. it worked in the context of the movie. It, it did, and that's, like, and that's exactly which what I was I'm thinking. totally, I'm totally for. To be entirely honest with you, I'm I'm all for making it work for context of the movie. It fit really well; that didn't interrupt story flow, and it inter, inter, introduced some very interesting characters, which I would have loved to have seen a little bit more of. But that's fine because I would have loved to have known more about Hella's character with Fenris. I would have loved to have seen more going on with that. If they did something, even if it's just a flashback in an episode or a short, you know, miniseries on Disney Plus where it goes what into if? right, where it goes into like Odin and the pre Asgardian history that we're familiar with with Thor and find out about what Hela was talking about with her and Odin taking over the Nine Realms. The biggest problem I (laughs) Uh, you know I won't say problem but the biggest disappointment I have is that unless Marvel takes it in a really interesting direction we're never going to see Thor have a, uh, a dragged out knuckle busting killing fight against Jormungandr. That's true. That's never happening. That's true, but I mean, most people wouldn't know the world snake if they if it jumped up and bit them. So, I mean, uh, ha, 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 <laughs> right? But it's it definitely draws from it. Yeah. But Marvel Comics took that in a very different direction, and the MCU have followed suit. It and again, I didn't feel like it actually. I didn't feel like I was watching the God of Thunder until Ragnarok. No, it's the God of Hammers. <laughs> That's one of the best lines in that movie. Are you the god of hammers? What are you the god of again? <laughs> that whole that whole little thing was just was Jeff, one of the best parts of it. Jeff Goldblum, that was that was beautiful. Sparkles, I like sparks. <laughs> yeah, like I like Thor. He's not my favorite Avenger by any means, but I, I do think that Thor one and three Ragnarok were pretty well done. Thor two. Had a lot of issues. It, um, yeah, it looked like a knockoff Lord of the Rings, kind of. Uh, yeah. to me, to me, it was more of the storytelling aspect. The wow, the storytelling bothered you? Oh, I have storytelling as well, but when it comes to like, hey, we killed this character, never mind, no, we didn't, like two, three times in the same movie when they backtrack on it. Yeah, uh, and the whole like just overall, the whole story kind of didn't make any sense. Malakish was. Really weak villain, and like just overall, it was a weak, yeah, weak, weak episode of the Marvel movie. Yeah, it Marvel was. It was a very poor idea. Uh, the idea was solid. It was a poor execution of that idea. We don't get to see a whole lot of stuff coming from the different realms all that much, unless it's Asgard and Midgard. So we got a little bit of uh. Elfheim. Alfheim, very very little of Alfheim. We got we we barely got any Jotunheim in the first one, which is which is uh, huge. Yeah, because considering it's such a huge part of Norse mythology, especially Loki's story, and since Loki has been such a huge part of the MCU, the fact that it hasn't been explored at all, except for like five ten minutes in the first one, is a little little off. Yeah, I'd be curious, like. I would love to see more kind of exploring the the Norse mythology and in, in movies particularly, but, um, in Thor, the same thing. I, I kind of want to see them do interesting stories. And I feel like I've heard a lot of the stories coming out of Norse mythology just through other, like God of War, the newest God of War, um, uh, And movies like Valhalla Rising and a few others. Do you you guys think that we're going to end up getting any more of the Nine Realms travel and stuff like that with the Loki TV show? Maybe. Uh, i thought like it. Because that's an earlier Loki that might want to go and do that. I don't know how much money they're going to spend. And I don't know if they're going to spend the money to make Asgard in the show. And as for going forward like with Thor Love and Thunder... I don't, um, unless it gets mm, the multiverse. They might BS, but I, but I, I don't it. think so. I, I think that it'll probably more be Thor teaching Jane, and then ultimately passing on the mantle. Uh, and I think Loki will because he's not—he has the space stone. He doesn't have time or anything like that. I think he'll just be teleporting around the world, messing with stuff. I don't think he'll be going into different dimensions or different. <laughs> world. Like, I don't think he's gonna be jumping to Alfheim or anything like that. So that's we'll fair. see. Uh that'll kind of be a wait and see that's spring twenty twenty one. Yeah. So we'll see that. Yeah, I mean, um the other thing that I, I have to admit, I really think that they did a really good job with Heimdall. Uh, uh, you cast Cedra Zelda. He's gonna give you something good. Yeah. yeah. Even if you give him shit. Their but the representation of him in general I think they did a really good job with. The all-seeing blind guard. Yeah, I mean, like the reason why he was blind was because he could see everything else except for what was right in front of his face. Yeah, it was. For all that they changed, they kept a good bit of it at pretty pretty true to the to the sources. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen his horn, that he's supposed to blow at Ragnarok. Um, but Ragnarok didn't happen. <laughs> I think the The idea of rag, like naming a Ragnarok was more because that was the story arc in the comics, and less about the actual like mythological story of Ragnarok. I mean, Plus, I, like, to be fair, little happened that tie in. I mean, to be fair, Surta did Surtur. Sorry, Surtur. Sir the sleeper. Yeah, Surtur actually did come in and destroy Asgard. Quote Asgard, uh, as we knew it, even though it's not. A place It's, the it's not the piss not the place. It's the it's people. people, right? Then they got slaughtered. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, some of them. There's still some of them still. Half of them are alive. Yep. And they're now living on Earth. That's where Korg, Meek, and Valkyrie were. Yep. Yeah. New Val in- or New Asgard in Sweden. Yep. A new Asgard uh, Norway. was in Norway? I always get yep. those mixed up. And it was right off the coast of where uh, Odin had said. This place that's is that's right, yeah. Uh, at the very beginning of Ragnarok, yep, where they had that conversation is the same place that Thor passes the mantle to Valkyrie. Yep, the same bluff. Thing. So there's a there's a good chance that the 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 whole Jane taking out Mjolnir might happen there too. Yes, yeah. It's been confirmed that uh, New Asgard will play a role in Thor: Love and Thunder. So, so yes. The passing of, of his of his last mantle to where he'll just become a wandering frat boy now <laughs> my question is, is is he going to he's just passing on off mjolnir but he's gonna keep stormbreaker yeah i was gonna say so How does, he does he that pass off mjolnir when uh there is no mjolnir that's a great point cap took mjolnir back oh that's right and his exploded a, while, a few movies ago. That's a great question. <laughs> so that, that'll that be a question they need to deal with. Uh, or is it just literally passing the power of Thor to somebody else? It may be the passing of the power of Thor to somebody else. He might believe he's no longer worthy or no longer needs it. Something like that. But he's gone... Th- <sighs> we'll get into that yeah. when uh, Thor Love and Thunder comes out in... Two years. and a half years. So. Who knows? He may even become the new Odin. Um, anyways... But, yeah. but we'll find out. We'll get into that. Uh, other, I mean, I would love to keep talking about Norse mythology. Right. Uh, not from the the eyes of Marvel, but we are running out of time. Right. Middle, so we will come back to that. Yeah. Some other time. Oh, yeah, we'll definitely. <laughs> if you have any ideas for mythological movies that we haven't mentioned, preferably ones that aren't the Judeo-Christian mythology. and We got the, I guess I guess the best way of We weak. got the cliche ones out of them. Yeah, we yeah. got the cliche Christians and we got the uh, Greeks out of the way. Let's the ones that are there's done. A million other mythologies on this world. Wait. Yeah, whether it's Aztec, Mayan, Japanese, African. Uh, Chinese, African, even Norse. We barely touched Polynesian. On that. Polynesian. Yeah, we'll be uh, visiting this one yeah. again in the next couple months. Yeah, there's a lot of other Native Americans that have a bunch of different. Yes. Oh yeah, points. and we'll we'll jump into the more. Obscure mythology, sometime in the future. Yeah, uh, i we'll probably put like an honorable mentions list. It'll we'll just be full of like other mythologies because we have a whole bunch of listed here that we didn't get to. So yes, yeah, we will be visiting this again. We'll be we will be going over the more esoteric, I guess you can say, just because they aren't brought up as and as well known. Uh, ones that are done in other places of the world. Yeah, I love that. Well, yeah, I guess that's the best way to put it. We are going to hear a lot of English ones going for for the next time around, are we? And me as someone who watches a lot of foreign, Oh, thank God. (laughs) Or thank gods. But, yeah, that's uh, mythology. Um, As far as movies coming out this week, uh, this week we have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Super excited for that one. That's this week. Yep. Wow. That is this week. Yep. I am excited for it. Uh Tarantino is always solid. This one looks looks really cool. Looking forward to Bruce Lee punching uh punching like Manson family. You know what you're getting when you walk into a Tarantino movie. Or you have absolutely no idea what you get what you know In uh, which case out. you know exactly what you're getting into when you walk into a Tarantino movie. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I think you know what you're getting into and then it's like, oh, that happened instead. Yeah, that 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 was hateful hate for me. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But that's this week. Uh, I think we're all kind of looking forward to it. I'm sure none of uh, in, like invisible Chris over here uh, is probably evaporated. Yeah, the disappeared Chris is probably looking forward to that as well. I'm sure Jenny probably isn't. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't seem like her wheelhouse, does none it? But not. Uh, and then next week, one, I will be gone at a film festival. so Hallelujah! Uh, I'll be on the the podcast next week, but then week after that, we'll find something to, to cover. Um, Next week, Hobbs and Shaw. The uh, Rock, Jason Statham, and Idris Elba. Vice <laughs> and <laughs> Furious movie. Yay. That one I'm looking forward I'm to. I'm looking forward to it. Like, Dude. I am, but at the same time, I'm not. Look, we, we have The Rock, we have Statham, and we have Black Superman. Yeah. Wait, should kill on this? We also have... Uh, Darling from a, from Baby Driver, but anyway, Ooh. nobody remembers she's in the movie. Oh yeah, Lily <laughs> James, Isla Gonzales. Okay, but our I thought Lily James. But anyway, that's uh, the that's David Yeah, yeah, uh, one of them. Uh, but anyway, Hobson Shaw comes out. Sounds fun. I mean, it's, it's gonna just, be a popcorn movie for in the sure. Oh, yeah, it's basically a Michael Bay movie with The Rock. And I'm fine with that. The yeah. most electrifying man in sports entertainment history. I keep yep. saying that, and that's been 10 years. He but still is. Does not matter. We didn't get to talk about Mummy and Scorpion King. Oh man. Aw. <laughs> next, <laughs> next time, next yeah, time. And the farce that was Gods of Egypt. Yeah, that too. But, but yeah, uh, those are the movies coming out. Uh, no, again, no Jen Ed this week. No. We don't have a Jenny. Nope. We'll be back next week, hopefully. Yep. And hopefully she's watched your trip. Yes, she has. Good. I can confirm because I watched it with cool. her. And we'll find something for her to, to pimp to her next week. So, yes. Uh, anyway, that's been the In the, pa- In the Can podcast with Chris. Tom. James. And I've been Devin. Uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, yeah. Love Go see movies. What he said.